Hello everybody and welcome to the Liverpool Blood Red podcast with me, Ian Doyle. Joining me today is not our full-time Liverpool reporter, both home and away, James Pearce, he's away. However, with me is our LFC editor, Andrew Kelly. Hi Andy. Hi Ian. Also Echo reporter, Christian Walsh. Hello Ian. And another Echo reporter, there's actually four of us in this room at the same time, it's Joe Rimmer. Hi Joe. Hello. It's just to make up for our Billy No Mates there, Christian, yeah. in the corner with his, just him and Jonesy on Saturday, wasn't it? Yes, we're uh, mob-handed, mob-handed. Uh, well, as you all know, it's almost over. International break is almost been and gone. Been a bit of a mixed international break for Liverpool. Uh, the main bad news for Liverpool is the injury update for uh, Nathaniel Klein. He has had a back operation, hasn't he, Andy? Uh, he's been tweeting today saying that he's looking forward to getting back and uh, getting back working, training. But it's not great news for Liverpool, is it? It's not, though. It, because we haven't seen him all season, it, it, to be fair, it's sort of something that they've got used to dealing with and they've got two players there in Gomez and Alexander Arnold where it is a position they're rel- in you know they come to from relative strength at the moment but I think Klein's been missed I think generally there was a there was a vibe um I think Christian mentioned in the last podcast that you know potentially be under threat from from Trent um in the summer going into the season um as it turned out Trent's competition was Joe Gomez where Probably most of us thought Joe Gomez's full-back days were behind him, I think. But uh, So he has been missed, Klein. Three months out. I think nobody expected him back for Christmas, did they, once he didn't put him in the Champions League squad. So, um, But it's another month and a half after that seems to be um, the timescale outlined. He did tweet today and said the operation's gone well, So and he's looking forward to sort of working hard and getting back. So, um, you know, he's, he is a good... I think they've missed him defensively more than anything. You know, he he hasn't given as much as much going forward as we thought when, when we bought him. And uh, but you know, good luck to him. Backs are very odd things, aren't they? And when things start to go wrong, it can affect loads of other bits of your body, can't it? So fingers crossed um, that time scale is the worst possibility, and maybe he gets back a bit sooner. Now, Christian Andy mentioned then that Liverpool were, were well blessed for right back cover, but at the start of the season, nobody was thinking that, were they? I mean, you look at it. Joe Gomez had. He hadn't really played any games at right back. Trent had played very few, but yeah, you know, the competition for right back has been one of the more intriguing stories of this season. It's hardly coincidence for for Gomez and Trent, really, because yes, Klein. I was again, hold my hands up. I thought Klein should have come under pressure uh, this season under uh, from Trent Alexander Arnold, um, and I think that Liverpool have missed Klein. But the one positive you can come from this, and you know, you never like to see a positive in a player's injury is that it's given Gomez and, and Alexander-Arnold opportunities to play. On the other hand, it's interesting. I, I think it it's allowing Gomez to play more games, but I think it's almost denying him the opportunity to play more games in his favourite position and the position that I think he will eventually end up making his own in terms of centre-back. He said it. We know Klopp likes him as a centre-back as well. But while Klein is out, I can't see Jürgen opting for that Gomez right side of the central defender, Trent right back. I think he will see that as a little bit too inexperienced, a little bit too young. I think if Klein was at right back, he'd have no problem whatsoever playing Gomez as a as a centre back. But while Klein is out, he's got that option of Trent right back, Gomez centre back, and I don't think he'll go there. So what it means is that Gomez plays more minutes as a right back. Obviously, we'll see Trent get a few more games, I reckon, as the fixtures start to pile up a little bit over the uh, festive period. It's good for both players. I mean, you've got to remember that Gomez is only 20 and he's, he's, he's now at Fulham International. 
Trent's only 18 and you know yet again he's, he's, he's playing more Premier League football than you may have expected certainly this time last season he hadn't even made his league debut so it's uh, bad news for Klein good news for the two young lads but at the same time it'd be nice to have Klein around the squad I feel I think, I think Liverpool have missed them a lot in the in the away games this season, City and, and, and Tottenham in particular. Joe, uh, we mentioned about the international break and people like have a bit of a downer on it. But if you're Joe Gomez, you've gone in there, you've come off the bench against Germany at Wembley, made your England international uh, full debut, well, made your debut for the full team. That can only be a positive for him. When he comes back to, to Melwood, he'll be bouncing, won't he? Definitely. Hopefully it will give him a real confidence boost. Um, he's a player I've been really impressed with this season, Gomez. I think he's quietly gone about his business and... I thought before the season when we found out about Klein's injury and we knew that he was set for a long layoff, I think most of us thought that Trent would be the one to step up. Um, he was certainly very exciting in, in an attacking sense and, and somebody that we thought would be perhaps even nailed down that right-back place when, when Klein eventually returned. But it's been Gomez who, who's come in. He's, he's a steady player. He, he's quite strong on the ball. He's, he's been quite clever on the ball, I think, at times. He passes it quite well. He's made a couple of mistakes. The Lanzini goal at West Ham, um, he probably should have done a bit better for. But in general, I think he's played very well. thought he was very good at, against Arsenal. I think that was probably his best game. But, yeah, hopefully, the I think the England call, I don't know whether you can, right now, any, whether any of these England calls are fully deserved. I'm not too sure about because they, they seem to be playing a lot of young players. But... This is a special case, though, isn't yeah, it? Maybe because, so, because yeah. you know, Gareth Southgate had picked him for the under 21. Yes, yeah, you true. forget it was more than two years ago now that yeah. he got injured playing yeah. for them. Yeah, so he, yeah, and he's he's lost a key time in his career, hasn't he? Um, so he's making up for lost time now, and hopefully that will give him a massive confidence boost and convince him now that he is Liverpool's first choice right back, and he will be, take some shift in when um, others come back. I think there's a bit of a life's yin and yang in it, Ian. To be honest, if you remember, obviously. Gomez, as Joe said, got, got got injured with the 21s when Southgate was the manager against, I think it was Azerbaijan, wasn't it, at Coventry? Yeah, so. mm. And, it, and um, infamously, Southgate came out and said, oh, it's, I don't think it's anything serious. He just hobbled off, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. And then, you know, we didn't see him for a year. Um, well done, Gareth. But um, <laughs> you, you just, I just <laughs> have the impression... Manager, not a physio. <laughs> but I do have the impression that at some point, you know, Southgate said to him in that recovery, you know, you get yourself back, and I and I won't I won't forget what you know the player you've been for me at twenty ones. Obviously, he came back, made him twenty ones captain, and at the first relatively first opportunity he had to give him a full debut, was given to me. And I think there's a little bit for all that Gomez has, has done well this year. I mean, I thought that goal, Lanzini goal Joe mentions, I thought he was terrible. On mm. I mean, he, he, you can never be. I think, you were, you were I think, quite profane watching it when you saw the replay. <laughs> I think Lanzini's a little bit clever. There's a little nudge in the back yeah, or something, yeah. isn't there? But you've got to be stronger than that. But it's interesting that six days after maybe his most, um, one of his sort of biggest mistakes of the year, really, it didn't get highlighted because Liverpool went on and won the game, didn't they? But, you know, six days after that, he's playing for England. And obviously because uh, the United player got, got to, Phil Jones got taken off, didn't he? But... Um, yeah, I think there's a little bit of Southgate says, you know, uh, sort of repaying him almost for, you know, you've got a terrible injury, your career went backwards, sort of playing for me, but also I don't forget, you know, that and here you are, you're playing for England. He's had a really strange Liverpool career, really, Gomez, in a way, because when he first came, nobody really knew anything about him whatsoever. And then he gets thrust in, surprisingly, as, as, a, as a left-back in the opening day against Stoke, 
you know, I think that I think basically that was the end of Moreno, wasn't it? Well, people thought that was the end of Moreno, and he he holds down that position as a, as a left back, which is a position he hadn't really played before. Then Jurgen Klopp comes in. It's it suggested maybe that Klopp was was certainly had high hopes for him from the start, and he was maybe contemplating playing him. Well, he said he'd watched, he said he'd watched him when he was at Chelsea, when he was at Dortmund, was at Dortmund yeah. and there was a suggestion maybe that he might have been in the squad for Tottenham at centre back. You know, that was one of the one of the rumours going round. And he then he gets he, injured. Yeah, he didn't have long to contemplate it, did no, he? No, exactly. Well, that's the problem. We'll never know if he would have gone ahead with, with that plan of, of playing him centre-back. But, ultimately, then he's out for a, for a year as a setback. Comes back against Wolves. Uh, well, no, he came back against Plymouth, sorry. But the, the game against Wolves, he was he was shockingly poor yeah, as centre-back. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it was, you, you couldn't be too harsh on the lad because it was clearly that he was coming back from, from a very, very long layoff, and And he just got absolutely run rings round um, by some very quick technical players. On the day, and at that point, you're sort of thinking, well, is this one of the one of the great wasted potentials in Liverpool history in terms of, you know, it didn't look anything like the player that originally got injured. He was he was doing really well under Rodgers. This season, he's just completely reversed that once again and, and surprised everybody once more, and so much so that you know he's in England, an England international now, and. No problem whatsoever if he was playing right back, for example, in a Champions League quarter final. We'll talk. Sorry, we'll talk a little bit in a bit about the fixture pile up, which I know Christian wants to have a, a little moan about that uh, in a bit. <laughs> but Klein being missing, you know, Trent and Joe Gomez have got through so far, but now there's going to be no kind of room for manoeuvre, is there? Because they're going to be playing, every, you know, twice a week for at least the next six, seven, eight weeks. And if one of them, you know, falls over, then Liverpool are in a little bit of trouble, aren't they? Well, they are. But then you know, there's quite a few people out there. I still think James Milner should be playing right back. Haven't played left back. Is that in your way? So yeah, so I think we're okay at right back. Ultimately, everyone knows how, how highly I rate Trent. I think Gomez has done well. He's obviously, I think, slightly ahead of Trent at the moment. Given that fullback, sorry to interrupt, you, Andy. Given that fullback is meant to be the new, you know, the new position that this is where players should, yeah, play. Yeah. yeah, it just seems weird that Liverpool at the moment. It's like the the kind of the afterthought, isn't it? It's like, well, we'll just stick whoever in these fullback positions. We'll just you don't, they're not doing that when central midfield or up front and you know, the other well, the wide positions. Doing, yeah. City are doing with Fabian Delph. Well, okay, it's not yeah. for them. That doesn't that kind of betray the the whole thought that you have to you know the new kind of fullback. It just seems now that anyone can go and do but it. But there's a certain. There's a certain mechanic to playing football uh, fullback now, isn't there? In terms of getting, particularly in these managers like Klopp, Guardiola, and everything else, this ability to get up and down the pitch where you should be in relation to your centre halves and supporting the attack. And there's generally a vibe that you can learn it. Do you know what I mean? It is something that can be done on a tactics board because essentially they're not seeing you doing very much of what you would think is the hardest thing and the thing you need experience for, which is to actually defend and. Um, so you're getting away with that. I mean, we've seen, for instance, with Trent. I mean, if you look at the difference we were talking about Klein, Klein's never stepping up in Hoffenheim and taking a free kick from 25 yards. And, you know, he's, 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 not, even looking at, he's not even looking at the Hoffenheim goal when that free kick's taken Klein. He's back in his own half, you know, chewing his nails. You know, he's not, even, <laughs> he's, he's not thinking about it. Do you know what I mean? Trent's got the ability to do that. But we've also seen that Trent has to improve defensively. And we heard Klopp talk about that. Um, but I think you've got Trent, you've got Gomez, you've got James Milner, uh, Flano's still there. Yeah. Um, you know, he played a full full 90 minutes for the 23s. Chester, not last weekend, weekend before, looks, looks solid. Saw him play against Manchester United where he was all energy. 
Um, so I think we're okay at, at right fullback, and um, the the client coming back, I think what that will do, as Christian says, is free up the potential to Gomez and maybe go to centre half. I also think if you've got more than three right backs, you. you... You're considering what the hell's going on with your squad and it's and its depth. I don't think any team will have more than. Well, two of those are uh, homegrown talents, so they have exactly. So it's not like they've brought no, them in so just there, I mean, aren't they? So yeah. if you have another centre, you know, sorry, another fullback on top of those three, it's just going to completely kill progression. Injuries happen, yeah. so the fact that they've still got two players capable of playing right back is really important. Just really quickly on the fullback points as well. I think in the modern game and in the, with those modern managers, I think midfielders have more onus on defending than fullbacks nowadays. I think it's more important that the midfielders defend than, than the fullbacks. That's how they view that position now. Yeah, and I think ultimately Klopp likes his team to be fluid, doesn't he? So if players go, he expects others to cover for him. Personally, I've always thought I like my fullbacks. If one of them goes, I like the other one to be a little bit more defensive minded. And that's why I think Liverpool work a little bit better at the moment with Gomez. Because Moreno will go and Gomez tends to be more defensive minded. And if you had a, a more defensive left back, maybe Trent would get would see a bit more game time on the right. I think with both of them, Trent and Moreno, it leaves Liverpool a little bit open um when those two attack. So um and I think as well, Klein's injury, it's a bit of an anomaly, isn't it? You don't often see injuries that take players out for, for the majority of a season. So as Christian said, if if Liverpool had another right back, well, they wouldn't have expected them to see game time, would they? And then you'd have blocked any progression for Trent or, or Joe Gomez. So um, right now they're going to have to muddle through, aren't they? I, I don't know whether we'll see much of Klein this season now. If mm. he's not back till March, then you're looking at another month or so to get himself fit. You're probably looking at the very end of the season or the running before we see him again. Champions League final. Yeah, yeah well, that's yeah, it. Yeah. So it's awesome for the medal. Yeah, it's yeah, fine. Yeah. Europa League final. Sorry. Um, oh, yeah. Sorry. Oh, sorry, everybody. Now, Gomez could be in action. We're recording this on, what day is it? Tuesday. It is Tuesday. Tuesday afternoon. Um, he could be in action tonight for England again, up against Felipe Coutinho, who's declared himself to be 100% fit, speaking to the uh, media on Sunday, Andy. Uh, he also said he's happy with life at the moment, and a lot of people jumped on that to say, like, oh, he doesn't want to go to Barcelona or anything like that. But <laughs> we'll deal with that a bit, yeah. you know, not now. But. Coutinho back 100% fit, it's going to be good for Liverpool, can't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he has been he was, he has been really good when we've seen him on mm. the pitch. Whatever you think about the whole... Um, he had a sore back as well, didn't he? Yeah. Because we haven't yeah, done well yeah. with backs as well. Nothing's had one as well, hasn't he? Yeah. I mean, whatever was going on with his injury and did he have an injury and was it all, you know, is the Barcelona deal going to happen? Whatever was going on, since he's been back and playing, he, he'd been great and then it was obviously unfortunate that he went out uh, again with an injury so um, you know he's got a great stage there at Wembley against what was likely to be a quite young England team I would think you think Brazil could could have some fun maybe um, but and hopefully that'll put him absolutely primed for Southampton and Anfield because there's no doubt um, he's done it a couple of times against Southampton as well hasn't he he scored some absolute crackers from outside the area for all that. I really want from Philip Coutinho his five yard dirty tappings. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but um his you know, that ability to do a little bit of uh, genius and uh, you know, hopefully we'll see a bit of Firmino off the bench as well if he doesn't start. Now Joe, summing up the way that it tends to be quite knee jerk at the moment. When mm. Coutinho wasn't playing, say the last couple of games where he's not been playing, people have been opining, writing stuff and saying that oh Liverpool can do without Coutinho and Liverpool are a better team without them. Look at the results in the last three games and look at the results before that when he's played. 
doesn't work like that, does it? Oh, they need to give their heads a wobble <laughs> if they think Liverpool are better off without a player as good as Coutinho. All right, yeah, you, you, you can have good performances without him, but he's, he's so good. He's undoubtedly a world-class talent, and when, you, when you've got him, you're a better team for him, aren't you? So, I'd, yeah, I mean, I, I do think this season they've struggled to sort of fit him in properly when, he, when, he, when he's been fit, because I think Klopp's been in two minds whether he should play off the left, whether he should play a little bit deeper. And um, especially they've, they've not really had everyone fit at the same time, have they either? So they've, they've had uh, Mane who's been suspended or injured. And Lalana, of course, hasn't played this season. So um, it will be interesting when Klopp does have all those fit, where he fits people in. But Coutinho, he's got such great quality. And when you can go away from home and know that he can curl one in from 30 yards or maybe start finding some of those dirty tappings that Andy wants, he, he can change games. So, yeah. If you if you think that Liverpool should just sell up, well, I think you're mad because I think uh, they're by far a better team with Coutinho without him. Just a word of caution. I was watching a little video uh, before that I think PA released of Brazil in training. And although he says he's 100% fit, he certainly wasn't moving too freely and he kept touching his thigh. So um, I, I, I just do worry tonight whether um, he's pushing himself a little bit to just try and play for Brazil at Wembley. Coutinho got a dirty tapping against Southampton, if I remember. And uh, St Mary's, the three-one under Rogers, three-one mm. defeat, three-one defeat. But the moral victory was Andy. Yeah. So you know, maybe you can but, do that on Saturday. I mean, Christian, taking off Jews, but Christian did a piece yesterday. I think it was about looking. Could you play Coutinho and Alana in the same midfield? Um, I'm assuming the answer was yes. Yeah. What are you saying? No. Oh, do you think you could? Yeah. Really? Yeah. No, I, I so yes. There, there would be certain situations and certain moments to do that, but I don't yeah. think it's Liverpool's go-to. You could in Europe. There isn't. I think there, in almost any game point. in Europe, you could play them both together, assuming that you're playing. I think this is the point. There isn't a go-to team for Liverpool. It depends on who they're playing against and what they have to do. And that's I fine. I think this is the whole point. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't. All this talk about people saying, "Oh, they've got to be in our best 11 it's not best eleven in terms of most talented players. It's best eleven for the next game that you're playing. I I, I don't see Ian Doyle professes horses for courses. <laughs> but there's nothing wrong, wrong with that. that? I can't no. stand it when I see people say, "Why did they sign Robertson?" Well, they signed Robertson. To be fair, to be fair, Andy Robertson is the person asking that question. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they He's been him. knocking on Jurgen's <laughs> door, hasn't he? <laughs> they signed him as an alternative to to Moreno, and Moreno stepped his game up, so Robertson stays on the bench. And there's nothing wrong with that. I reckon he's in a lab, Andy Robertson, and they're creating them into the perfect <laughs> centre-back. I really believe this. You've got a few spare parts from Joel Matip or something, and they're just trying to, you know, mould it. Well, they've fallen off Matip's head when he's in the uh, opposing area, trying to head it into the goal. Yes. Well, yeah. See, uh, well, I mean, as I say, I think that midfield, you can get away with a Lallana and a Coutinho, plus, a, you know, a stronger bigger player essentially in certain games certainly in Europe but there's certain Premier League games I think it'd just be too lightweight and um, uh, but there's you know even if you're going against I don't know let's think of the to- West Brom right they're, they're like the tallest strongest team you'd imagine in terms of physicality in the Premier League um, but you can imagine a situation where Coutinho or Lallana just don't let them have a kick do you know mm. what I mean which is, an, which is the other it's the best way of defending against set pieces is not let them get any corners. I made that point. You could talk about because my issue with the, with those two playing is that it might sort of take away from both of them offensively because Lana will naturally not be playing on the front foot. He'll be sort of the second midfielder in that three, and Coutinho will sort of, I think, in the back of his mind, he'll realise he's got 
Lalana next to him, so he'll have to sort of play on the back foot a little bit more. That's the problem. But the way to solve that is the way Man City do it and just play the football in their half of the pitch. Mm. That, that's the way to do it. Just dominate the ball, dominate the but game, it, and just be a million times better than the other team. But as you said, they do have Fernandinho sitting in behind them. Yeah, that is the thing. I don't think Liverpool are midfielder of that quality. They need well, a. They need well, this not, comes back not to yet. This, not comes, yet. Back, maybe, this comes back to us having no defensive central midfielder or number six, as Christian says. This is the kind of player that we've said from the start of the season that they've been missing. Well, I mean, obviously, he tried to turn Jordan Henderson into a six, didn't he? And he's, kind of, he's more like a six and a half. Seven. Six and three quarters. Let's yeah. leave these numbers yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, and I, th- I think that Henderson, new player, I think, maybe Chan, but Henderson, maybe it's this position. Because uh, these are the players that almost split fans more than anything else, don't they? You have some, some player, uh, fans who are massive fans of Henderson and what he brings to the team and... Mm, what you miss when he's not there, and there's others who, you know, when he was missing for you know some of the victories recently, they were saying this, you know, this is evidence that we don't need Henderson, shouldn't be captain, all these sorts of things, and um, you know, it, my my own view on Henderson is that that you know we were starting to think, I think I mentioned in the pod before about doing a piece on the top thirty players in the Premier League, and. When I was thinking about the ones from Liverpool who'd get in there, but how many defensive midfielders would get in it anyway? Well, someone like Matic would from United. Really, Kante would from from Chelsea. Um, so Neil Jones. I don't. I don't know. He wouldn't. I don't think Henderson quite gets there, but I still think he's a very good player. And yeah, until something better comes along, he's part of my best Liverpool midfield. I think the six is the, the most thankless chore in Liverpool's team yeah. because sometimes they look like, you know, Wiley Coyote when Roadrunner runs past, they're absolutely marooned. And, the, the, you know, the full-backs are bombed on, the other two midfielders are bombed on, it's it, it's Jordan Henderson or Emery Chan, Dejan Lovren, Ragnar Klavan, and there's five players running towards them. What, what, what are they meant to do? You know, I think it is a real thankless task and that's... Whether Henderson maybe, or uh, Chan are the ones to play there, um, I don't know. Maybe Emery Chan's yeah. sick of this Spankler's yeah. task. Yeah. This is why he's not, not so, signing he's his contract. He's so tired he can't bring his hand to, to <laughs> sign the pen on to the paper and sign this deal. The other major issue, I think, for Henderson is that he just can't stay fit. So he can never nail down that role or grow into that role because he's playing three or four games. He's had a then, very busy year, he's out he? for mm. three or four games. So they need someone now more reliable. Also, also he's English, that and that's always a bad sign for yeah, any well, football at the moment, unfortunately. I'm not fair, that was a good result against Germany. Anyway, uh, Adam Lallana, <laughs> you've mentioned Adam Lallana. Joe also English. Have, yes, have Liverpool missed him? Of course, yeah, of course. Why? Why? Because um, he leads the press. Uh, but You're no, just no, saying that, everyone no, no, says no, that. No, no, what do you no, actually no, think? No, I, I, <laughs> no, no, they have missed him, because he, he is an energetic presence who, who does... I suppose he does lead the press, doesn't he? You know, Isn't people that say it for a of, reason. Sorry to interrupt you again. Isn't that undermining him a little bit? Because that just makes it sound like someone who runs around a lot, harasses the opposing players, and it's like everybody else follows him. If you look at the clips of what he's done, certainly under Klopp, the link-up play last season with you know, the likes of Coutinho, Firmino, Mane, all of those players, he's, he's in kind of in that bracket. He's because he's remember the running joke that we used to always do is that he would do about fifteen Cruyff yeah, turns. Yeah. He doesn't do that anymore. He doesn't have to. No, certainly, no, certainly he does. He links up really well, doesn't he, with the, with the other players, and he sort of knits Liverpool together in a way up front. But I also do think 
he puts himself about a little bit more than, than some of the other attacking players and, and that sets the tone for Liverpool and I think he was the one of the first players that we saw really sort of get to grips with Klopp's style when he came in. Um, and I do, and I think they've missed him. I think he's a he's a very underrated player. Um, but I think they've got to be careful because when when he comes back, he's obviously not going to come back as fit and, and as as in good condition as some of the other players. So you probably can't expect him to slot straight back in and be the same player he was. He's he's going to need time to build up his fitness. Um, but again, it'll be interesting to see where they fit him in because they've got to find the right balance, haven't they? And um, whether they can go gung ho and have all these different attacking players. It'll be interesting to see. But given the fact, Christian, that they don't have to throw him straight back into it because they have all these other options at the moment, that can only be a benefit both to him and to the team. That is that, that is the big thing about a big squad now for Liverpool is that they don't have to rush players back unless the name's Sadio Mane. Um, he, he can basically have 20 minutes here, 30 minutes there. I mean, you, you sort of saw it with Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. He wasn't injured, but because they had so many midfield options, they... they Allow them to to learn the role and learn the way of the club and how Jurgen likes it, mm-hmm. away from the limelight and give them, for, for my money, not enough time, but they, they they didn't give them much time on the pitch. And now you've seen them start the past two games, put in two very good performances. That sort of that's sort of what I anticipate they'll do with Lallana. I think you'll see him having maybe twenty minutes as long as this behind closed doors game went well, which I don't see why it wouldn't. I'd imagine he'd get a couple of couple of minutes maybe against Southampton or against uh, Sevilla he'll maybe start against Chelsea or certainly get half an hour against Chelsea and then you'll be seeing maybe is it, I think it's Brighton after that isn't it so it's Brighton and those sorts of games where he'll start really getting into as Klopp says the rhythm I think in the next, those games you're talking about I think he'd love to be in a situation to give him maybe half an hour on Saturday against Southampton 20 minutes men if that if Liverpool could be in a situation in that game where you know, it was a relatively comfortable time to bring him on. You know, Southampton are not going to be an easy thing, but you know there is the chance that you could be relatively comfortable in that game. Again, I think he's probably less likely to get time against Sevilla away because I can see that being you know, obviously a really intense game. Um, but I but, almost think he'll suit that game as well. It's a shame that he's he's only coming back from injury because I think there'll be loads of space for him to play in. Yeah, in that in that game, so it's a bit frustrating. Hopefully, but I, I can see substitute appearances maybe next three games, and then maybe a start. Um, because as you say, Dolly, there are options available to Klopp. He doesn't need to rush him back, and therefore, his past record for all that Mane was a shock to us all, wasn't it? I think at, at, arriving in the starting lineup at West Ham, his previous mo Klopp suggests that it will be twenty minutes, half an hour here, and build him up, and then hopefully. Off he goes. Mm. It raises another interesting issue, doesn't it? Because as Christine has just mentioned, then Oxlade Chamberlain is finally coming into the team, getting his chance, and then a player coming back, playing in a similar position to the one that we've seen Chamberlain play, and is, is going to come back in. And he's a favourite of Klopp's, isn't it? So um, it's a good issue to have when you've got all those players, but it'll certainly be. Um, but I think those two will end up working really well together, yeah. probably in the same midfield, Joe, because. Uh, I mean, they go back a bit to Southampton yeah, when yeah. um, Oxley Chamberlain was a kid and Lallana yeah. was there as a sort of relatively, you know, big man for the club, yeah, seniorish. Yeah. But if not, he's young, age, but he's yeah. senior. Yeah. Is, is anybody having the all English midfield of Henderson, Lallana, and Oxley Chamberlain? Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I, that wouldn't terrify me in the slightest. And I think if it, yeah, and I think if England played that in the World Cup, they'd be fine. Joe, fine as in 
how far they would they go, fan? He'd <laughs> <laughs> score against Costa Rica. <laughs> but he'd score on the one-all draw against Sweden, which will happen. Yeah, Don't which will. Which, yeah, that is going to happen. Certainly happen. Now, it's competition time, I believe, Andrew. Tell us. Oh, yes, yeah. Um, <laughs> anyone who reads the website tomorrow will see there's a competition. Um, we've got uh, ten copies of uh, Rafa Honigstein's new Klopp a biography, Klopp Bring the Noise, to give away, and also a star prize of a family tour of Anfield to the museum and the uh, ground and everything else. And um, the question we're going to ask uh, Ian is... Yeah, the question is, what do Southampton's last three goal scorers at Anfield have in common? And that's the answer that they all play for Southampton is not allowed. So it's, what did Southampton's last three scorers at Anfield, what do they all have in common? And uh, if you go on the website tomorrow, there'll be details of where to send your answer to that. And you might win yourself. It's a cracking uh, book. I hope you had, if you listen to this pod, you probably had to listen to the Honigstein pod that myself and Neil Jones did last week, which was uh, very interesting to, to chat to him. And there's a couple of uh, uh, you know, great lines you'll have already seen in the book. Um, but it's a, it's a really good read as well. So uh, definitely one to uh, you know, get, get yourself. If you don't win a free copy, go and buy one. Now, before we start, thank you. Before we started, uh, now we started, uh, or else. Uh, before, we started, before we started recording this, Christian got on his high horse yet again, uh, and this time it was about fixtures. Now, what are you trying to tell us here? Because you were getting very agitated, and I had to calm you down a little bit. I, I think you're overstating how <laughs> There was mild annoyance. I, I just, I, I, I am surprised. You say it's always been like this. I can't remember the time. It's always when... been like this. Please tell me if this is if it's always been like this. So we're into mid-November, November eighteenth. The seventeenth will be the Friday, and Liverpool will have played eleven Premier League games, okay. And then by January first, Liverpool will have doubled that tally within the space mm. of six weeks. But that's, in, that's but, in that, in that, but in that time that they played the eleven Premier League games, they played six Champions League games. They could have played two League Cup ones. It was, you know, three. Fault, no, was it three or two? It would have been three. It would have been three. It's their fault for, for not getting through. And their international players would have played up to another four games on top of that. So for the actual players themselves, who are the ones who are turning out, their workload is no different. That's absolutely fine. <laughs> but I am sure last season, and not just for Liverpool, for any club, maybe it's because Liverpool were in the Champions League or in Europe, I don't know. Even when Liverpool have been in Europe before in the past... I'm sure there's been three midweeks, not as in the number three. I mean FRE three midweeks. I'm sure there have been midweeks without football. And there's and every midweek up till New Year's taken was games. Yeah, and, and if it was the if, if Liverpool had got to the EFL Cup quarters as well, that would have been taken as well. In between uh, the Arsenal on the Friday just before Christmas. Well, for all this talk, for all this Sunday. talk, of the international break. There's only actually been three midweeks when there's been international games. That's it. There's only been three this season. So where are all the games coming from? Why why well, just, why, why, just... why Liverpool play in West Brom, for example, for no reason, apparent reason, other than the fact that it annoys everyone in the middle of two regular um, Sunday games? I should have checked this 
before we came in. Um, 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 but is there, uh, this is this is our, we do this so many times on the pod, don't we? But is there a, is there a desire to get the Premier League done Finished and dusted because of the World Cup? Because of the World yeah. Cup, there always is. I think yeah. there's usually trying to finish so maybe right, a week then? or well, no, because it, 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 we're once every four years. I say, okay, I say all that the European off the top Championships, all the European Championships. So it's every other year, well, basically. My point is that Jurgen Klopp has got a, a hell of a lot of football to play over the next six, seven weeks, and he will want as you. I know you're doing a piece on this for tomorrow, Christina. He will want to get some rotation into his team. We've been talking about the squad. The squad's there to potentially rotate. But with some of those games that are coming up, it's still going to be quite difficult to find the games where you can maybe make two or three changes to, to bring players in, isn't it? Yeah, but, like it's really because of the way they've all, they've all sort of fallen. You know, I don't want, to, don't want to go into every one of the 13 games, but you've got sort of... Go on. <laughs> You've got Southampton, Sevilla and Chelsea, for example, all within a week. Now, those are all three games where you have to play your strongest your strongest eleven for me, or what he perceives yeah. as his strongest But then 11. this goes back to what we were talking about before. But there is there the isn't a strongest eleven. eleven. Well, I think it's there the is those games. I think if your strongest eleven against Chelsea but is that's your strongest your st- eleven against Sevilla. I don't I don't agree. I don't necessarily think that the team that plays Chelsea is the team that plays Sevilla is the team that plays Southampton. Do you not think? No. I have to say I, I agree with Ian Doyle. Um, I, yeah, I think that you can play different teams in those games because Sevilla will play a, make one a different weeks. type of style to, to what Chelsea well, yeah, changes the goalkeeper in Sevilla. One or two much. tweaks is rotation. That's it. I'm thinking about Ragnar Klavan. I'm thinking about Trent. So, okay, who, hey, well, there's certain positions that you don't does, want to Does Trent start any of those games? Sevilla. He'll play yeah, in Sevilla. Play he, may, he may even play against Southampton. Yeah. Well, that's me told, isn't it? <laughs> no. but I don't but, think, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much with Christian here in that. Let's, it's front three. Let, let's assume that Mane is okay. It, it'll be, the front three will be Mane, Firmino, Coutinho in for all three, three of those yeah. games. The, for Trent apart, three of, the back, three of the back four will be Moreno, Lovren, Matic. Could play you could also talk about the front three. You can change that, can't you? Because you can play Coutinho further forward, or you, and you've got Alana's going to be back. But he's got the option to do it. Say they lose to Southampton, he can't play the same team against Sevilla. So then he changes it. Well, he can do, but it would be silly, wouldn't it? Or then would it? This is the whole point because it would be a different team. Let's not even go down the road of losing. Okay, if they win, if they win by loads, then. Sturridge is a good example. I would say Sturridge is in any inverted commas rotated team for me. I think if he's trying to rotate yeah, Sturridge, yeah, yeah. but I think and I, you know I could look very silly. But I think Sturridge won't play against Southampton, uh, Chelsea, or Sevilla. I think Sturridge might play against Brighton away. I think he might play against Stoke, West, Stoke away. Stoke away, away isn't he? He might before it. Yeah. He might play against West West Brom at home. Those are the sort of games. But the midfield will change though, won't it? So that group of so we've got silence. So so in those games now we've had the goalkeepers change, the right backs changed. Maybe the forwards might change a little bit. And well, as Joe not said, much though. Changed, you, but this is the whole point that they've got the ability to do that now. And they, they do. Will. And if anybody you, who thinks that they're going to play the same team every single week, that's just nonsense. No one does it. No, but there is a little group. No, there's not, and that's because they've got this little group who you can identify as probably Sturridge, Oxley, Chamberlain, Milner. Um, put, um, Ragnar Klavan, Trent, and Rob, the lesser spotted Robinson. 
Robert Robertson. Sorry. You know what? Even forgot his name. Poor Andy How many times have people send me stories that say Robinson said Robertson, and now I've fallen into my been hoisted by my own petard? But Robertson, yeah. So you've got that little you've got that little group who potentially can you can dip in and out of without massively weakening the team. Okay, another way of looking at it then is how many of Liverpool's squad could be if they were regularly in the first team that no one would be bothered. See, this is this, this is, going to be this my, this is, yeah. is going to be my point. Would you be a bit bothered if Sturridge starts up from for Chelsea? I think I would. Well, I wouldn't. No, not bothered. Not bothered. But I would be. I'd be questioning why hasn't. Okay, been say five, at home. let's just say it's five games in a row. How many of these players would you back to play five games in a row? And you go, Lovren, um, the keeper. I mean, you've got his name then. Well, Mignolet, well, you know, Moreno. Yeah, but that's the whole point. Is that if Oxley Chamberlain played five games in a row, the next five. I don't think anyone would be, would be massively bothered about that if he's playing well. What you want is your cutting edge players, isn't it? You want those in every time because they can make the difference. So you want Mane fit every game, you want Salah in every game, and you want Firmino and then still. to then make them tick as best you can. Then you want Coutinho, stroke Firmino, potentially both, but definitely one of those in the team to make. So them the, the more of those type of players, not necessarily the creative players, but those kind of players who you want in the team, the more they've got of them then the better chance he has of rotating the squad because it will make less impact on the performance of the team. Well, yeah, the, the players, we haven't even mentioned the name Wijnaldum, by the way. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, Wijnaldum. A... So you've got that, being able to rotate Wijnaldum, Oxlade-Chamberlain, Henderson, Chan, Chan Milner. into yeah, Milner. Yeah. Those five into two places and probably. And, and, and do, you, do you think Coutinho start? Yeah. So there's loads of them. Do you there's think Coutinho start against Southampton? I don't. If it depends really, I want to. See, it would depend on how he does against yeah, against tonight. England. I want to see how fit he is. Not if he's a hundred percent fit, not if he's touching his thigh. You know? <laughs> no, 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 maybe oh, just that was Joe. Yeah. 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 Have a look. Have a look. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he does start if he's fit. See, I don't. I don't think he will start against Southampton. I think. I think the midfield would be someone. It'd be like Ch- Chamberlain, Wijnaldum, Chan, and then you, your front three picks itself, doesn't it? Here's another one. Then that's why we're talking about. In this big run of games that I've never encountered before in my life, and I don't think anyone else has, that's yeah, what Ian Doyle says. Yeah. <laughs> when does this give an opportunity to Solanke? Would be does that does it give an opportunity to these, or are they just absolutely? I mean, well, Solanke's I, the third choice striker for those sake. Well, but, I would imagine that they would be more the kind of players who come on. You're looking towards Christmas, your midweek games. They, they play home, half an hour Swansea or something like that. And if they do day. well, then they get a chance for the next game. Injuries. The yeah, will. That's the other thing. Solanke won't start unless there's an injury. No, there are things that we don't. Yeah, exactly. There are things, hurdles that we don't yet know what they are that will have to be overcome. And that's when you need your, your potentially need your Woodburns and and uh, you know your Solankis maybe and possibly your Ings. Is... I was about to say yeah, Danny Ings. Yeah. That that leads us nicely onto you saw him play. Did you not? Uh, well, I didn't really. <laughs> <laughs> I have said, uh, you no, did not. Uh, I meant to say uh, well, yes. <laughs> no, I, I did. What uh, I didn't go to Chester actually. Uh, the other week, and when he scored four, I was uh, watching on the telly here. But um, I have seen a lot of Danny Ings this this season, and while he hasn't, he's taken a while to get his sharpness back and hasn't scored as many goals as he should. He's been dead unlucky, but his work rate is superb. And I, you know, I, I think at this point for me, and I know he's you know called into the England squad and everything else, but for me, Ings at this point is probably a better option for 10, 15 minutes off the bench than Solanke is, just because he's a he's a more uh, developed Premier League player for me and now looks fit enough to do himself justice. Now, I appreciate there's a bigger, longer 
more positive end game to Solanke. There is a there is a school of thought we say maybe Danny Ings isn't quite at the level for Liverpool and therefore will end up leaving Liverpool at some point. How can we say that though? Because the time that he's actually played, he scored quite a few goals. Yeah, and you know, and he, he the cop really took to him, didn't he? Because of his sort of all action style and everything else. And so I'm only I'm not saying definitively, but I think there is a scenario that sees him leave. There's certainly a scenario that leaves him potentially leaves him going on loan potentially in January. I- Sorry, I, I think we're hating slightly, and I, I'd agree in general. I think in terms of if it's a straight shootout between Solanke and Ings right now, I feel like Ings probably deserves the nod just because Solanke's regressed isn't a, isn't a fair word. It's because he's sort of weird. Everyone now expecting him to be. But he could be playing for England tonight. I know he could. That's such a, <laughs> just, that's just, such that's a weird just, England squad, though, isn't yeah. it? It's, it's like you know, you get bored of football manager and you just go, I "Wonder what happens if I do this." But <laughs> the thing about Solanke over Ings is that. I think with 15 minutes to go, I think Ings needs to play himself into a game, whereas Solanke's got that instant impact where he's a little bit taller, a little bit stronger, a little bit sort of bit more of a presence, whereas Ings is a little bit samey to Sturridge. And yeah, but I think he's more of a sniffer. I, I think he's say, more of a goal I scorer, and that's what I'd want. I just yeah. don't know if he play, I don't know if he come off cold off the bench with 15 to go and, and, and say, grab a Say goal. the Burnley game earlier this season that finished one all and Solanke missed that chance at the end, which was quite a decent chance. It was Burnley, wasn't it? It was a, well, yeah, it was a good save. It was a good save, yeah, yeah but Ings would probably have scored that and got another chance as well just through being where he was. The Possibly, kind of yeah, but we'll have a no. Would, 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 would he have been in that position in the first place? I'm saying he would have, yeah. I think that's what Andy's saying as well. He yeah. can't get into those think, I, I, he's, never, he's never really... I don't know, which, I, maybe it's been so long I've seen him in, in, a, in Liverpool first team shape because, I mean, what is it? May 2016, West Brom. He played against Tottenham, didn't he? He played in the league, sorry, I meant league, but yeah. And Leicester this season, actually. But well, there we go, I mean, the Leicester game isn't much of a gauge, but he didn't really get into the game, and I know the game was over, and that's an unfair comparison. It just feels to me like, if you're struggling for a goal, your natural inclination is to sort of, and rightly or wrongly, is to to maybe go a little bit more direct, a little bit longer, you know, sort of, don't try and pick the lock, try and ram raid it. And I think Solanke's a little bit more in tune with that rather than yeah. Ings. I think Christian's right in what he's saying is that Solanke's a different option, is he? Whereas Ings almost offers more of the same. And I think... He's not working after 75, yeah, why yeah. he to work after 90? Yeah, so, but it's a shame because I would like to see more of Ings and I've got a feeling that he might depart in January in one shape or another. I think we might see him off the bench soon and I reckon he's going to get a goal. I won't be sure. I just have a feeling he's had so much bad luck, Danny Ings, that I think something's going to drop right I, for him. I wouldn't. <laughs> I would if only be... you could see Andrew Kelly's slightly smug face now. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised smug. If, if he maybe had a, a bench place against Southampton. To be honest, I would just because there's so many players coming back from international break, a couple of question marks over Mane, Lalana, Coutinho, Solanke's been away with England, and you're just a little bit. Things like, has been there training at Melbourne all I mean. week. Mm-hmm. You know, he was given a week off last week. Not yeah. be, he, tra- he plays with the under 23s, but he was given a week off because he's considered the first team player, and that should sort of give you an idea of where he is in the pecking order still. Do you know what I like about Danny Ings? Before we move on, bloody loves his dogs, doesn't he? Loves his dogs. Always on Instagram. Loves his dogs. Fair play to him. You can always trust a man who loves his dogs. You can. Indeed. Uh, Andy, a couple of other under-23 players who've been in the news a little bit in the last week, Obi Ajaria and uh, Rian Brewster. Yeah, um, these I did see in. I uh, um, made the uh, trip through the tunnel to uh, Liverpool-Newcastle last Friday night uh, in an international break. It was a drowning man grabbing 
some form of football. It was it was great actually, even though it wasn't. It was an absolutely dirty, filthy night. I mean, it was horrendous. And um, Liverpool ended up winning two one. Bossed the first half, and then almost looked like uh, you know went, we're going to yeah. The end. Newcastle took the lead completely against the run of play, but Liverpool came back. Um, Ajari has scored an absolutely brilliant goal. If you haven't seen it on the club website, go and look at it. It was it's a really, really good goal. And everyone who was there was absolutely buzzing from being there for it. And uh, brilliant back heel 1-2 between him and uh, Liam Miller uh, gets the goal. And he, he looks big, strong, ready to go, Ajari. And I, I actually... Ready to go where, though? Ready, ready to go on to the fringes of the first team again. And if he, if he goes on loan, he could, he could definitely, for me, go somewhere mid to upper reaches of the Championship of Jaria. If, if, he keeps his, if he keeps the desire in his game, that's always been my little thing with Jaria and that, you know, does he really absolutely want it? Um, and he's... Um, but... He looks like he's worked really hard. Came back, obviously, from that World Cup win um, in June and uh, had a couple of substitute appearances in the um, in pre-season but hasn't been on the first team since. And, uh, you know, if he keeps that level up, he scored a great goal against Man United recently, scored another one against Newcastle. If he keeps that going, great. You know, I think he will be starting to be on the fringes again. Um, and... Obviously, Brewster back from under-17 World Cup win and did a little piece on Sunday, I think it was, about the fact that he had the chance to go to Wembley on that Friday night to take a bow in front of 81,000, was it, in the ground for England-Germany. The under-17s were played in the World Cup there. And um, Rianne said, no, I'll go to Prenton Park and play with the 23s. And um, that that made me love him even more, if I like. You know, I just thought, well in and um, you know I think that said all about this is the lad who wants to play football and wants to get back doing it and a lad who knows that that's gone it's a great thing massive achievement but he needs to go now and start doing things for Liverpool and trying to get himself into Jurgen Klopp's thoughts he obviously you know as Klopp said to him after he won said you know keep my phone number or whatever because I'll be calling essentially was the undercurrent to that and I think at some point uh, when the time's right, you know, Klopp will be calling. Oh, we mentioned those midfielders before, Joe. Ajari wasn't one of them we mentioned. We were struck, we were wondering how we were going to get all those we were going to get game time. But this is an example of Liverpool's squad now has become bigger. The youngsters who perhaps were given a chance when Klopp first came in. You look at the game against Exeter and the game yeah, against yeah. Uh, we did the game against West Ham and then there was Plymouth Plymouth. as well last Plymouth. last season. It's not really happening for them. And do you, you kind of concerned that perhaps that route's been blocked? to a certain degree, or if they are good enough, they will be given the chance. Yeah, I'm, I'm not concerned, because I think if they are good enough, they'll come through. And I think someone like Ajaria, who we all we all agree that he's got good ability, but like Andy says, if he wants it enough, he'll come through. So I think a loan for him would suit him, because we'd find out whether he really does want to be a first-team player at Liverpool, or whether his level is, a, is a, a slightly a little bit below. Um, well, Burns the one for me now that I'm looking at thinking... Would he benefit from a loan spell if he's not going to get near the side? Uh, I possibly think he would. You know, would he benefit from going somewhere lower reaches of the Premier League, upper Championship? Uh, he's certainly got a lot of talent, and I'd like to see him playing a little bit more often. And then, obviously, Harry Wilson's another from the other 23s that we'd all like to see playing a bit more first-team football. But 
there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I think that's something that Klopp will have expected and that the young players will have expected at some point to to, to sort of struggle to get past some of those established names. But um, there's every reason to believe that some of them can. I mean, Christy, what's your take? Do you think do you think Ajaria, you know, don't want to wish to pick on him, but I think he's 20 now, is he? 20, yeah. 20, yeah. Uh, so no, he's, I, getting to, he's getting to that age now. He is 20 on Saturday. Yes, and there's another player I, I wrote about. <laughs> I've sent him a card. You going another, to another, <laughs> another midfielder who I wrote about the weekend, Marco Gruich, and he's someone who we haven't yeah, mentioned. Yeah, and suddenly yeah. you go, hang on, where are all these players? And the, 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 the problem is there as well is that Liverpool will pay their record fee for Naby Keita in, in the yeah. summer. Mm. You know, this, this is the reality now. I mean... It's all very well and good saying the kids are coming through, but ultimately Klopp is starting to not feel the heat, but Klopp knows that success is important as well. And what what do you do? You've got to juggle that between that instantaneous success, but also keeping the youngsters happy and ticking along and giving them enough game time for development. <coughs> and ultimately, a few might fall through the cracks. I mean, I was watching um, I was watching Germany against uh, England, and uh, their left back made their left wing back made his international debut. That Holstenberg, who plays for uh, Leipzig, obviously he's sounds like know, a nice lager, that, doesn't <laughs> <it>? <laughs> nice five percent. Yeah. And um, he was he was really good. Um, looked looked good. Done really well at Leipzig. Left Jürgen Klopp's Dortmund playing a first team game because obviously they had Schmelzer there um, and other. You know, I think they had Grosskreutz would have played there left back for a while. Sometimes players just fall through the cracks, and they might emerge. You know, Ajaria could fall through the cracks because ahead of them is Keita, Wijnaldum, Henderson, uh, Lalana, Coutinho, and all of these sorts of players. Not to mention others who might come in the future. And but, he might he might emerge in a Southampton, and you go, oh, well, Liverpool have missed out on him, but, but ultimately, you, but will they have missed out? Because my view is that they develop that player, get him as good as they can. If he's not. Quite making the breakthrough at Liverpool. You Sometimes, should make a decent wedge. Well, you make a decent wedge yeah. on him, don't you? You 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 sell him. I mean, right now, if Liverpool said we're going to sell Ben Woodburn, where are you starting your bids? No, I don't mm-hmm. think Liverpool are looking at anyone for less than ten million quid. Oh, I was going to say you know, twenty. To be honest, maybe. Well, I'm, I'm trying to be. I'm saying you're not. You're not. You start your bidding somewhere north of ten, aren't you? So you know that that's that's keeping the academy going for you know a good few yeah. years and. But I don't think we'll have to do that with Ben Woodburn. I think he's no. going to prove himself good enough. As um, you know, Trent for me has already shown himself good enough and will go on to have a massive career at Liverpool. So there will be some who don't quite make it. Well, then what Liverpool have done well, better recently, is get their weight back on them. Kevin Stewart, Jordan Ibe. Okay, he didn't come all the way through. Brad Smith. We, you know, they've got good money. Um, the lad with the restaurant. Spanish Serge Canos, who's been you know doing doing well at Brentford, doesn't he? Um, so and all all part of them, you you move on and you do you you further your career somewhere else. So um, it can be a problem, but. Ultimately, these days, Liverpool are selling them on and sticking selling clauses that if they go and absolutely sprout wings somewhere else, that Liverpool are still beneficiaries of that. So um, all, it can only be positive for me as long as those young players keep showing that they are real quality. One person that Liverpool fans haven't been universally positive about today is Michael Owen. He's <laughs> been... Good segue, that wasn't it? Thanks. Yeah. Um, 
He's what's he? What's he said? He said he's basically thanked he was, Karim Benzema for not signing for Manchester United. I suppose if you've got to watch the video and sort of see the tone of his his voice and the big cheesy grin on his face to know why people are so upset because he he basically thanks Benzema and says, "Oh, you know, I'm, I'm really pleased he chose Real Madrid because otherwise I wouldn't have got my move to United." What was this video for? Um, I think it was program for Benzema. Like well, Benzema. Benzema. So like Benzema, Benzema, this is your life. Yeah. Something like that, yeah. So he's, he's bound to say something nice about him. Yeah, no, look, I think I, this has been taken totally out of context. You, you might say that, but I think I do. I think there's there's a certain. I think players should have a certain degree of self awareness and know that. You're going to offend people. And he is a Liverpool ambassador. He is an ambassador for the club. And he, he's going to upset fans who he's upset on many occasions in the past. And he was a great player for Liverpool, but just have a little bit of self-awareness. He, the, the, I'm sure there are other stories he could have spoken about. And he, he didn't have to big cheesy I mean, he hasn't, he hasn't played for Liverpool for 13 years. And I imagine the majority of but people... But he still who, represents yeah, the, the majority of people who are getting really upset about it are the people who don't remember him actually playing for Liverpool well. Perhaps I not. Think, perhaps I think not, that's, that's it's probably their, what it is. It's their prerogative if it they're, is. they're upset about... Anything, anything. I know, I know. It, it does feed into the whole, you know. He played for Manchester United and won the Premier League, which is something he never did at Liverpool. I'm not, but but the, the issue is never that he moved to Man United. I think people it's deep down really will understand that because they'll go. He had the choice to go to Stoke, West Brom, or someone or Man United, and he went to Man United and won things. After trying to get to Liverpool, but got those afterwards, fans. afterwards, he's never going to be loved by Man United fans. He had a chance to at least keep a relationship with Liverpool fans. Afterwards, just be careful how you how PR's you talk great, about it. It's, PR's not, it's always been about Michael Owen, and that I think people know that. Whereas someone like Fowler, well, everyone knows that Fowler grew up an Everton fan, but they still love him because he loved Liverpool and he he puts Liverpool above himself. And he always did. I I don't disagree with what Joe's saying in terms of awareness of Michael Owen, but I, I'm, I'm more with you on this. Ian. I really don't know. I can't. Maybe it's my feeling, but I I, I can't bring myself to be bothered about it. You know, <laughs> ultimately, Michael Owen did what he did for Liverpool on the pitch. He, he There's a well-trailed story, and he, he did a documentary, didn't he, with LFC TV to fully explain his battle um, to try and get back to Liverpool when he was leaving Madrid and why he ended up going to Newcastle, Newcastle didn't yeah. he? So... Um, and how much he wanted to come back to Liverpool. I mean, he obviously made mistakes, and his career's gone a bit... Not probably where it should have been. Or... But if you asked him, his best days were at Liverpool. Yeah, I'm sure they were, and I'm sure. And for me, and 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 I think from I think for most Liverpool supporters, I think they'll just re- you know remember the massive impact he had on on the pitch. And I've seen a lot of people going, "Oh, Owen's an ambassador. He's a disgrace. Why isn't Johnny Barnes an ambassador?" Blah blah. blah. And I feel like saying to these people. These aren't roles that necessarily people want because being a, be, you, you, can, you, you can't just be a Liverpool ambassador and just have it as a name. You have to go. You have to go be available to go off to Thailand to promote a pre-season tour. You have to go to Australia. They get you jumping out of planes, doing all sorts of things. And not everybody wants to be a Liverpool ambassador. And people are doing different things. So it's not as if the club has snubbed loads of former players and not made them ambassadors. There's only so many ambassadors you need and loads of the former players don't want to be ambassadors because there's quite a bit of hard work and travelling involved. Now, you might say, well, I'd fancy heading off to Australia and Thailand wearing me Liverpool kit and you know kicking a ball with a few 
kids and teaching them a bit. Well, great, yeah, I think most of us would, but it doesn't suit everybody, so let's not assume that the club have snubbed these people when we don't know if they have or not. Trust me, I've been in New York and Robbie Fowler as a Liverpool ambassador. I've, I've seen a, a very drunk Irishman try and get on Robbie Fowler's shoulders. <laughs> nobody, nobody wants that ambassadorial job at that point. <laughs> Stop looking at me there. It was the other islands. It was the other <laughs> islands. Uh, I, I was lucky enough to interview Owen a couple of years back and it was like, for, for me, I'd, I'd long been, been in journalism and I, I interviewed him and I was, I was quite pleased. And I, I, he was really genuine, he was nice. Thought he was intelligent the way he talked, and I, I felt like I feel like sometimes he gets on TV and puts on a different persona and tries a little bit too hard for the cameras. Well, and I know I, I know people criticise people him, do that though. But I know, but I just think a little bit more self awareness would, would help his cause. None of us are like what we're like in real life on here. No, we just <laughs> completely put it on. I mean, you should see Andy. He barely says a word, does he? And he's so quietly spoken. We don't actually like each other. Move on. Anyway, uh, final point then, we'll just look, go back to the international break. Obviously, the reason this is happening for uh, some teams, certainly, is to qualify for the World Cup. Sorry, Andy, but Northern Ireland did not make it. Apologies. Thank you, Mr. Referee. Uh, no, no problem. Uh, Italy didn't make it either. Now, that caused a bit of a meltdown on Twitter last night. What, I mean, Joe, what's your take on it? My take is Italy just aren't very good. No, I don't think they are. I don't, they, didn't, they didn't deserve it, did they? Sweden deserved to go through. Actually found Italy in, in recent years f- fairly boring so I'm quite glad that they're not there How many of Italy's players would get in Liverpool's team? Oh, I, I, don't, I don't know I don't want to say I don't want to say Well you say that but has been terrible this year Buffon's finishing Barzagli's never been brilliant and Buffon will still get a game I'm, for us yeah, I'm sorry I'm, I'm, I, I, I am completely on the other side of the fence here I, I don't care you could put the Echo 11 in an Italy kit and I'd want them at the World Cup it feels like yeah, they should mean, be I, I mean their kit is always brilliant isn't it the anthem. It's sort of, yeah it's just it's, are you saying that Sweden's kit is not brilliant I like it Sweden is, yeah. I, but I'd have Sweden as well I'd get rid of would you of, no, I'd, get, I get I'd, get, I'd get rid of Sweden you know my, my, my... Swedish people are lovely I don't believe they, they are great yeah, meatballs but the there's always some great shots in the crowd yeah. when Sweden yeah. are playing yeah. that, that's mildly there's you know, some great shots in the crowd yeah. <laughs> <laughs> another good point Andy. not in this climate yeah no but Sweden an interesting point that was brought up again last night is that they got through by parking the bus in two games I mean Probably Cavani will try to do that oh, against game, Denmark. I know, yeah. Uh, they won't park the boss at Dublin tonight, surely. They're, they're not going to attack. Tomorrow they tomorrow never night. do. Northern Ireland tried that in the first leg. Kind no. of did, kind of fell through. They did better in the second game, to be fair to them. The big thing for Northern Ireland was they had seven players or eight players on yellow, yellow cards in that first game mm-hmm. who would be out the second game. So I think the plan was at Windsor to get a nil-nil so that, that you had a full squad available to go at them in the second leg. And obviously... Um, yeah, Switzerland had loads of chances to score in the second leg. That that centre forward at theirs is absolutely horrendous. Yeah, 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 he's I mean. terrible. Isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, Did Liverpool come up against him recently? Did he play for Bar? Uh, no. Uh, who? I think you're lying, Joe. I think no, you just no, made that. You just throw me there again. We do need a fact checker. <laughs> yeah. But um, but yeah, and but but Norman had had a good few chances as well. And uh, yeah, I thought it was sadly it was glorious failure, but. Um, I, I don't think the public will necessarily be, um, you know, looking to part the bus. They'll play the game as it happens, but obviously they're aware that they don't score many goals, so they'll be wanting to keep it reasonably tight. One way, Danny wins the World Cup. Go to him first. <laughs> Brazil. Brazil. 
Brazil or... Oh, did I stop on did you? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I had this thing last time. Where that's far on, too That's oh, far too many words now. I, I kept putting a tenner every week on Argentina because I thought Messi will not retire having not won a World Cup. And I think by the time it gets to next year, what age will be? 32, maybe. I thought he's going to win it in his prime at 28. And then, uh, obviously, the lovely Mario Goethe broke... Broke my heart and cost Mrs. Kelly a very nice holiday. So I don't know whether I could. Uh, I mean, obviously they struggled in qualification, Argentina, but I think they've they got there now, or they're sort of. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were poor in qualification, yeah. but I have a feeling it'll be between. Brazil and Argentina. I did the same thing Andy did, um, not with Argentina. Neither is this. No, just because I just, just, I did the exact same thing with France. I was putting tennis on every week, and then Portugal, Portugal, Portugal managed to beat them in the final. Portugal this European Championships, the, yeah. European yeah. Championships, yeah. Uh, who will win the World Cup? Good question, Christian. Um, Spain. I think it will be Brazil, partly because so many Brazilians play over in Russia anyway. It'll all be like best mates together. Oh, so I like yeah. Angola, so, so, yeah, and they're quite be, good as well. Yeah, I mean, there is that. There is that. Does Coutinho, Firmino play? Firmino, sorry. Mm, I'm not, yeah, yeah I, think, I think they will, don't they? I think Firmino's played quite well for Brazil recently. I'm not a massive, avid lover of international football. So. Oh, you love the World Cup, though? Um, yeah, it's all right. Even without Italy in it? No. Even else? You don't, you're, not, you're not having it? Oh, and Holland, and America, and, and Chile. And the Ivory Coast. It's like no, all, no, the, all, no. the, all the... All the the you know the football hipster teams out there. Maybe there's a reason for that. Well, let's see. What we are going to see is some teams we haven't seen in the World Cup for a while. The likes of Egypt with Salah yeah, and. Yeah. and oh, I thought some... we'd get through a whole pod without <laughs> mentioning we've got we're up to an hour there. Well, we will see teams that we haven't seen there for a while, and the tournament hopefully will be all the better for that. Yeah. And on that international bombshell, we conclude this podcast. Join us later this week, where we'll look ahead to Liverpool back in Premier League action against Southampton. Cheerio.